Ava Talks, inspiration for creating a sustainable and fulfilling life. Hello and welcome to our podcast series, The Return Home with our special guest Eva Bibrecht. Eva Bibrecht is the director of the International Virginia Satir Institute of Germany, international speaker, trainer in the generative change work developed by Dr. Stephen Gilligan and Robert Diltz. And she also facilitates systemic trainings and workshops using the generative systemic satire model, Ericksonian hypnosis, generative coaching and generative trance, as well as somatic integration and movement approaches. In today's episode of the Return Home podcast series, you will discover new insights on how to deal with the current challenges in social interactions and also how you can use these times to nurture and enrich your relationships. Enjoy! Hello Eva and welcome back to our Ava Talks series. Thank you for coming back again and taking your time to, to have a talk with us. It's a great pleasure to be back and I really look forward to a really interesting conversation. You know, um, last time we discussed a little bit about how we feel and how we connect to our emotions. As a natural next step on our journey to return home, as we discussed about how we feel our own feelings and how we think introspectively about our feelings and how we connect with those feelings. A step forward in our discussion would be how we interact and how we feel while interacting with others on the social scene. And especially during this time when almost everything about how people socially interact is changing, I was wondering how do you feel these changes are manifesting these days and what effect do they have on on people yeah well the first um the first sentence that comes to my mind um martin buba has said that the i he he made the reference of the i and the thou so the i in my interpretation the i is ripened through the you meaning we are not separate entities. When I want to um, discover who I am, it's, it's everything that I learned through being seen and through being communicated with um, of significant other people, meaning my caretakers, my parents, grandparents. Then I had a nanny that, that was partially living with us. So everything in my growing up, and then they come teachers, then they come societies. So everybody significantly in my growing up is shaping and organizing and ripening to who I become. And then there's, there's also in the work that I represent um, in Virginia Satir's beliefs, the idea that we all embodied life force. So there's, then there's also a larger space of, Um, something that's just universal energy 
and me coming with my own Eva uniqueness. So there's a core that is un, unseen that I will always have, I will bring, and, and, and that, is, that is not a negotiation. And that's always part of me. And then the connection as me embodied while I'm on physical earth, that is my body shaped by universal energies. But most of it as who we know each other is ripened by the meeting point of other people seeing us a certain way and transmitting messages. You know, what do you do in this family? What do you talk about? Um, what are the likes? What are the dislike likes? And, and so all of that is carving us out. So we are in the base social conversational creatures to take that as a, as a basic idea. Now we are challenged. I mean, we talked in the first episode about social physical distancing. So now I'm invited to retreat to my own physical home. So the, the hindrance is pretty high up to actually socially engage with other people of my desire of my preference I'm, depending on where you live i'm not as freely able to see the people i want to see so it gives me almost like this hindrance do you really want to see this person why is it so important to see this person and, and what other also to be seen as, as you said earlier with this social connection and how people project to us different things to to also be able to be seen by others absolutely yeah it, it is i am like a i am point. yeah i am seen i yeah i i i see the other it's an it's it's an it's an inter exchange i see you you see me and hopefully that is also connected with positivity with uh, it's nice to see you i like to see you i like what i see so that we help each other to, to connect and, and grow. But now in the restrictions and the limits, I really have to make a full effort on who do I meet and where do I meet these people and what are the con conditions. And on one level, the technical possibilities are helping us, of course. You're in your time zone, I'm in my time zone, where in our spaces, we negotiate when is a good time for you that we can actually see each other and meet each other? Which to me, when I'm teaching relationship workshops, is one of the guidelines, one of the frames I will actually teach in my relationship workshops. When I'm doing appreciation dialogues, I will, one of the ingredients is actually where I'm saying, please. Let's say you have something important you want to share with somebody else, and that may be an appreciation. The first step is ask the other per person, I have an appreciation or I have something important that I like to share with you is now a good time for you. And that is, an, is a nice element to create a meeting point to honor you may have a different timing than me. Um, here with Zoom, we have to do it. I, I can't just go online and anticipate you're there because I don't know. So we kind of have to talk to each other is now a good time for you or when is a good time for you and then the negotiated time will give us the space to then say now and then we start the conversation so um some of the limits actually to me also are pointing out what are positive frameworks what are positive guidelines that help actually 
to carve out a positive directional relationship space and, and the right communication. But the other side to the coin is also, I'm not as spontaneous. I can't spontaneously say, oh, I have one of those bad hair days. I wish I could just travel spontaneously um, to one of my dear friends that just know exactly about that. And, 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 and we just can hang out. So the spontaneous factor that has its own creative magic is not available. And, and that is, yeah, that holds a lot of grief. My, my friend, Virginia Bunamaya, who is a therapist, was just educating via Zoom a class and going through the, the grief cycle where you know, we're going through all these different stages. So especially us being socially shaped, socially active creatures, we go through a lot of grief these days. We go through the full-on grief cycle when we are confronted with the fact that it's not as easy to physically see people we care about, love, and, and, and need to f and interact. And one of the elements to me is to hug each other, to touch each other, to connect physically with each other. So we're coming also to the other podcast we were talking about the body. So the body plays a big role for me for qualities of social interactions that are transmitting non-verbally. I love you. I care for you. It's nice to touch and connect with you. And that's not possible unless you're living with your loved ones. But then there are also more that you want to transmit the same language. Yeah, as we are social beings and interacting with one another is really, as you a lot of times say, essential for survival. There are studies that show that not on purely physical and emotional level, but also as, as humans, as what makes us humans. As yeah. one can, cannot live separated from, from society and from other, other people. And these online interactions are a way of, of getting base, of, of touching base and getting in, in touch with, with other people. But it, at the same time, it, it, it brings a lot of, of challenges and you stress this anger and this need, an amplified need for, for physical contact. And if we come back to our own emotions and how this, these emotions need to be not just acknowledged by us, but also uh, shared with, with others. How different do you think it is to, to cope with the, uh, this during this time? When our, our emotions and feelings need to be also validated by, by the people we interact with in this online environment. Yeah. You know, I think as every challenge always brings up a positive and a negative side. I never look at it from just disadvantages. I think there, there's always both sides that we can hold. I mean, I heard from clients actually say being kind of um, protected by a screen and having in, in group settings, for example, like, you know, certain group settings are still happening. So there may be 
help groups that are that are um, happening online now. For some, it's easier sometimes to take a break by you know pushing the button and closing the video for a moment, so that you can you know you can withdraw and have your privacy. And I heard some people, clients saying, this helps me to show up a little bit more because I can, you know, show up for some time. It's behind a screen. It helps me to feel a little bit safer. And I find some advantages. So depending on how you're feeling about maybe group settings and being really seen and visible, three-dimensional and being in that whole space, for some, this may give an opportunity to present more because they feel a little safer. Um, for somebody like me, I'm noticing in me that I have to pick very carefully which kind of, of um, trainings or, or group facilitations I am facilitating myself and at the on the other side participating in because the tool too much of a length of the screen time um, is paying a price for me. I feel physically drained at some point. I feel energetically not completely well. I feel the waves that are created by looking at a screen is compromising some of my well-being. And for me, preferable, I am with a person in a room directly. So it compromises very much my needs for directness, for um, the energetic exchange, um, for the resonance that I feel when I'm kind of have the sense, oh, we're on the same page, you know, there's a wavelength. There's a certain degree where that surprisingly is also possible in the, in this space where you have a screen between each other divided. Yet there's a different human quality that is available when I'm sitting face to face, body to body um, with somebody in the room. And I, I can give you a, a clear example. I'm, I'm living at home alone. My ex-husband was one of my dearest friends. My, I like to call him my Lieblingsmensch, my, my favorite person, one of my favorite persons. And um, we have, you know, that we had ongoing exchanges. But yesterday he came in the, in the agreed limitations, he came to visit and with a distancing that's appropriate, we went for a run for a walk. And that is a whole other experience than FaceTiming or, you know, having a phone conversation with him. I could feel how my nervous system was settling down, was calming down because the physical body of him and us having a positive relationship, having a very positive connection was helping my nervous system to settle, to calm. And it was quite amped up from the day before because it was facilitating a lot of meetings behind the screen. And it did have a negative impact on my body. And I could feel just be him being there. All of a sudden, something changed. And to me, that's a pretty practical proof. Yeah, it, indeed. And I think even more challenging now when, when uh, we meet other people, because we, we need to always keep in mind about keeping this uh, proper distance 
Yeah. And so first it was the the physical boundary, like we were just meeting online. And then when we actually get to meet someone in person, we need to set a boundary that was not needed before yeah. in, in order to to establish another interaction, another kind of, of physical interaction. So we are in the same space, but all very <laughs> at, at a respectful distance, like, I don't know, two meters. Yeah. Thing. yeah so we, we, we need to also integrate this kind of interaction in our daily habits yeah so, absolutely and how, how do you think this affects our interactions um you know we talked before before we started recording we talked about when you go to the grocery now everybody has to wear a mask and in, in many places and I realized for myself, me wearing a mask to, for protection has an impact on how I relate to myself, how I feel about myself with this cover. And it has definitely a limiting. I, I noticed how my body started to contract this way. Same thing true for me as I was going to the supermarket. The tendency for people who are wearing masks um, to withdraw even more and, and, and to amplify a sense of separation um, was pretty noticeable. And I'm somebody who's kind of like with the eyes then kind of like, you know, twinkle in the eye, kind of looking out for people and nodding and giving little signals in the hopes that even though with the limitations we can start to to still signal I'm, I'm a human behind this mask you're too and i'm open for connection and this is now an energetic connection because i'm i don't want to add negative energetic connection when we're creating these distances i think it's really has to become a conscious act to energetically radiate out connect out positivity that says i'm a human being you're a human being we want to safely do anything that's needed and that's asked but keep in mind we need social interactions that is seeing each other still and interesting enough when you look at the math the only thing that's still open and free is i see you and you see me so i have been in the supermarket kind of um, almost holding the mantra when I passed somebody and there's a kind of a mutual agreement to in my own mind kind of say I see you and when somebody looked back at me kind of like oh thank you for seeing me you know kind of holding this little exchange and that was that really felt like a blessing that that's available because there's so minimalized possibilities the other thing is I'm always trying to hold paradoxical truth. So it's not only that or only that. I'm always trying to, what is the learning from these restrictions as well? I see also when I take proper distance as a way of proper, yeah, I, I, I like the word proper. So if I, I think of inner social engagement, if I keep a proper distancing, the positive side to this is we create a boundary where I can learn where are you right now in your own experience and tell me about that. 
and where am I? And are you curious to learn about me where I am right now? So that we're not pre making pre assumptions. I know what you experience and, and, and you know what I'm experiencing. And I think that happens in very close intimate relationships very quickly. You know, I'm, I'm having a certain look on my face and, and maybe my, my husband or my, my parents or whoever knows me really, really well may go right. I know what that look means. You're thinking about such and such. And we're so many times in the, under the name of love or under the name of closeness, under the label of understanding, crossing each other's boundaries and, and stopping us from being curious, like, hey, um, I'm noticing you have this look on your face. What is on your mind? Tell me a little bit more about it because I would like to know what's happening for you rather than, ah, I know exactly what that means rather than reacting to it right away. And, and I thought, hmm, interesting. Now that we're distancing, we could also kind of take this as, an, as a self-assessment, if you wish, to be a little bit more careful, to be more curious, to be more open-minded, to be more questioning. What, what does that look mean? What, what, what is happening for you? And are you curious about what's going on for me? I had what, I'll give you one personal example. I, I was, as I said, I was with my ex-husband and I said, you know, in the challenges that we're experiencing today and you never, I mean, we're kind of confronted with uncertainty. You never know what's going to happen next. Nothing that I thought to be true or to be in control is the same. Everything changes quickly. And I said, I really want for my personal self to make an attempt to, if I have any open chapters with any significant important relationships, I really want to make sure that everything is transparent and on the table. So I asked him, I like to know if there's anything that we may have an open business about and that we could talk about any hurts that needs to be repaired. Um, any, any celebrations that we haven't shared yet, um, but anything that may feel like an open loop, because given that we experience so many challenges right now, I take in consideration, we, we may quickly never see each other again. You never know what's gonna happen next. And he's like, well, don't, don't, don't say that. I mean, that's, I said, no, I'm not seeing myself as anybody of a risk group. But I just take this whole setting as an invitation to, to, to reflect my own personal relationships. And you're one of the core people that I adore, I love, and I will always love my whole life. And we're going through a, a massive transition point. And I really sincerely would like to meet you that we can open, curious, exchange what we want and need to exchange. And so then we had a really moment and we were looking at each other's eyes and and I think we both took a pause and then he said I you know I was looking forward to meet you I have a really warm heart when I think about us connecting and um, life happened and there are many things that were happening along the road and I have nothing to clear up and if I had 
if it comes to my mind, I feel free and open to talk with you about it. And that was such a profound, heart-opening, connecting moment. And that felt like we're embracing each other, you know, on the deepest energetic level. Um, so we're making use, in a way, of the distancing as a way of opening to even deeper quality, high quality communication that will nurture the relationship for the better. And so I see that potential as well. Yeah, so uh, we can use this situation as uh, a context for being more aware of the in-between space in, in relationships and not just bumping into uh, the other person or overwhelming that person with our own ego and uh, our, our own identity and just assuming that the person is in a certain way but keeping this distance and uh, the, the proper awareness as you say about ourselves and about mm -hmm. the space maybe facilitates us to to better connect although it, it's paradoxical as you, as you said it, it's a distance that actually can bring us more together more close. yeah so we're very well stated alina as you were saying that you know i'm just realizing you know as human beings we're usually trained i need certain safety it's either way that or it's that if it's not that then it got to be that so we have these ideas that things have to be one way, a certain way. And we're not very well educated in holding paradoxical truths because we think that's impossible. And in this uncertain times where everything is forever changing and nothing that I thought to be true to be safe at one place is safe Control is a concept. I'm not in control of anything. Anything that I thought to be in my control is now different. And it comes for me to the conclusion that we need to learn, we can learn, and the challenges to hold paradoxical truth where that actually leads to a deepening of our social high quality interaction so if we want to breathe new fresh air into the we connection which is my expertise my way where i'm working my client is not in a couple of the couple my client is the we space when i'm working with a system then i have these people that are representatives in the house but what i'm mostly curious is how do they create a we and how are they impacting each other as they do this we? And how can we renegotiate that we space? So for me, we, we need to find relationship capacities where every player has its voice, has its value, has its in, insightfulness, has its appropriate needs, and then find ways in the appropriate distancing. So I'm not overriding you, and overpower you so that if you share the same opinion with me, then we're good buddies. But if you have a different opinion, then get the hell out of here. I'm not interested in you anymore. And that, that's a high quality skill 
but it's also very mature and an adult skill. I need to be very grown up. I need to be very self-connecting and very much okay and high self-esteem in myself in order to hold the possibility that my opinion may be a different opinion than yours. We still can be friends and we can still feel a sense of closeness that is hopefully nurtured by curiosity of, wow, tell me how you think this way, because I would like to understand that a little bit better. And maybe I learn more about your religion, your culture, your spirituality, your family, your growing up, your experiences, and all the rest of it, because I have a different one. And then you may be curious by saying, oh, I want to learn about your culture and your religion or not religion and spirituality and family and growing up and experiences. And then we have a bigger space that is then informing the two of us. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really beautiful how you put it and how this creating more space allows for, for development of, of things that could otherwise never show up in, in interaction with another person. Because maybe too many times we think we already know beforehand about us, about the other person, and we create scenarios of behavior and of expectations. And now we are in a way forced to, to keep up a space that allows for other things, unexpected things to yeah. show up in ourselves and in the other person. And this, I, I think it's, it's uh, a lot of times challenging because our expectations somehow uh, are ran by autopilot mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and dealing with, with the challenges uh, forces us to gain more awareness about ourselves and even to acknowledge those uncomfortable feelings that may show up yeah but as we said at the beginning this is a challenge in itself keeping the, the proper distance and at the same time can, can be a, a, an opportunity that we didn't previously have to to build bridges towards other people so yeah I think what I want to invite to all of this conversation is, a, is the, um, the creativity of taking everything as a metaphor. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to really apply everything that's happening right now as an analogy or as a symbol or as a metaphor. So if we have this directness of physical distancing or what they call social distancing, how can I translate that into my profession when I think about relationship ingredients that are helpful or not helpful? And that gives me um, to my direct experiencing that's challenging at different times, um, an additional uh, meaning making, an additional idea about um, thinking about the same experience on a different level. And usually what's creating um, a stuckness or an overwhelm or I'm, I'm, I'm feeling frustrated and, and I feel like I can't really move is that we're stuck in one frame that we have this, okay, here I'm limited. There's nothing I can do about it. Game over. But as soon as I can 
can create multiple relationships, multiple descriptions to the same phenomenon and look from them from different perspectives, then that creates an opening and that creates flexibility. And as soon as we introduce curiosity and flexibility, the same phenomenon can be seen as a, as a chance towards the future, or it can be seen as an indefinite problem that I need to eliminate as soon as possible. Mm. So basically what I will then do is I'm just waiting until it's over. But in my understanding, we're not waiting the clock to time out until this is over and we go back to the normal there will be no old normal. We will have to, it's life that's happening right now with restrictions on many levels that is challenging um, a lot of the essential ingredients that are really potent and important to us as human beings. But it also asks us to creatively look at different things and how do we want to design a human beingness, a human inter interaction, a human relatedness into the future. And the dream, the future I have is, Virginia Satya had, has one of, the, um, one of the beliefs which is saying, in sameness we connect, in differences we grow. And I hope that we can hold both truths that are seemingly opposite at the same time. So I begin to connect by saying, you're a woman, I'm a woman. So there's something that connects us in the sameness. Uh, you're cancer by sign, I'm a cancer by sign. Okay, great. So that connects us by sameness. Maybe we like the same ice cream. Maybe we're, you know, enjoying certain things that are the same. The more we buy into the same, there is one danger that may potentially say, you're me and I'm you, and it's all the same. So I'm stopping myself from being curious. I go prematurely to a spiritual level where I would definitely agree I'm you and you're me. But that's a different level. On a human interactional level, uh, to me, growth, wisdom really comes in when I say, okay, you like the same ice cream. We enjoy similar, you know, maybe similar places. Um, we do enjoy uh, similar education. And now I'm really curious about Alina, who I don't know. Mm -hmm. So tell me something that may be very different to me and I can enjoy and celebrate that. So that we're differentiating each other by saying, you're a little bit different than me. You're not totally the same as me. And, and on one level, you may be very, very different to me. And that's awesome. I don't make you wrong by that. And, and that can only happen in, in a space which is created for that. And which is big enough. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the three feet or whatever the right is. <laughs> you know, I have this, um, I have a created in my relationship workshops, kind of like a, a relationship dance, a relationship mantra where I have people really um, go far, 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 far away from each other, where I say, I am me and you are you. We're not the same, we're different. And just have people experience that as one truth. Mm. Then I invite both of them to take a step more into the, to the, towards the middle and then say, but 
I'm something like you. Honoring the idea that we're a little bit alike on different levels. And then I have them exchange that. And then I let them go one step more into the middle to mm -hmm. say, I'm nothing but you. So on that human universal experiential level, we're exchanging, we're sharing the same. I have the same longings as you. Love, connection, being seen. And then we, we mark that truth. And then at the last piece, the very, very last piece, one more step. And then people are very close to each other, like nose to nose. Then we look at each other with a very gentle moment where you say, on one level, I am you and you are me. We are in that one space together. And then I allow the same thing to happen the opposite way. So I'm nothing but you, take a step away. Something like you, take a step away. I'm not you. You're you fully and I'm myself fully. And that's great to know. And then I have them celebrate that truth to then take a step in the middle to say, now we can begin to meet and greet and get to know each other. Mm. So educate me who you are and I can educate you the same way. And that to me is an appropriate, differentiated, mature distance that allows differences to be seen in their own right and not to have to make them wrong. And to me, that is a way of uh, appropriate, distant relating. Mm. Um, I think Simon, um, one of the therapists would call that the in individual individualization and connectedness at the same time. Mm -hmm. Individualized connectedness. Mm -hmm. So I'm fully me, you're fully you. At the same time, we feel this weaving of energetic exchange and connectedness. And that is a piece of art that we need to learn because I don't think we're aware of, of the similar things and of the differentiating things that yes. are in, in the relationship and yes. in each individual in, as a person. Totally. And in my workshops and relationships, I, I mean, there are a lot of people who are highly trained, some of them great therapists, some of them, you know, many, many different educations. But in our growing up, a lot of us have not learned the full range of relationship qualities, of relationship skills that are needed and artistic. And, and, and to me, this time may be a potential invitation to learn that more fully mm -hmm. new. And I see that as a possibility. Yeah, especially as we are, we are not, we don't have a, a specific time uh, regarding how long this situation will last. Yeah. So we are, we are in a way forced to act on the spot in the now. So it's yeah. now it's it's the time. So you cannot make projections for next week or two weeks or one month, two months. Yeah. Uh, we are required to act now as if now is the, the only time there is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's I, something that the, the spiritual teachers uh, keep preaching for thousands of years. <laughs> yeah. 
it's now. <laughs> so somehow the, the context is, is creating, created in, in such a way to, to experience exactly that. If we are uh, open to it. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, it's now. And, and if, if you experience discomfort, if you feel a lot of emotion, like maybe anger or frustration, and they're intense, it, it, that just lets us know this is happening right now. You know, it, it, it's, um, I think it's a, a definitely an invitation. And, and also to, to be with whatever is there right now and not trying to push it away. If, if you feel you're struggling, get support in. There are great therapists and coaches that are helping us to, to move successfully through emotion that we may have learned to suppress in our growing up. They will come up. They will present itself now. And, and then find ways to reassess how are we relating in the, in the most human, supportive, and helpful, and kind-hearted way that we're creating a future that is desirable um, with the now that we're practicing. And yeah, so, so, so it's uh, always good to have a dream as well to, towards <laughs> where do you want to head to in the future? How, however that's going to be look looking like hopefully hopefully we can use this time to to train into better connect with uh, ourselves and our emotions and also how we want to interact with with the other people um after this period is past time so we can now make choices for ourselves aware choices not continue to go on on pilot mode yeah absolutely eva thank you for the beautiful discussion we had today as always very insightful and with a lot of of things that have touched important things in in relationships and in oneself in myself i i can be a living proof of that <laughs> yeah yeah and thank you very very much and looking forward to see you next time yeah thank you alina for doing this for relating and for just being your beautiful self i always enjoy it and thanks for everybody who's interested in listening and that was our today's episode of the Return Home podcast series with Eva Vibrecht. We would love you to share with us what has touched you while listening to our conversation and also what are the topics you would like to discover more about. We hope you enjoyed our journey so far and continue to be on board with us. So stay tuned for the next episode. Until then, we wish you all the best and don't forget to stay healthy, centered and connected.